and welcome to your weekly podcast from Freestyle Media in partnership with The Magic Five. So we all love swimming, but sometimes we don't like it. And sometimes we need a break. Sometimes we need, just need to exist on land for a while. Um, and my guest this week uh, has recently enjoyed some much needed time away from the heavy routine of being a full-time swimmer. Uh, it's the brilliant double, me- uh, double medal winning Olympian, Luke Greenbank. Uh, so thanks for coming on the podcast, Luke. Thank you for having me. No, 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 you're welcome. It's, uh, it's, it's great to meet you first and foremost. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, but first question is you're, you're back in the pool now, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got back in uh start of last week. So I just come up to the end of my second second week of back in. Um, but yeah, feeling good, like feeling refreshed mentally and physically. Um, and hopefully, like we can just build through here into next summer. Um, but it's very much starting from the basics and then building mm-hmm. up, which I think is definitely quite refreshing, um, certainly for me at this point in time. Yeah, do you know the one thing that I always think is if I've had like a bit of a break from any kind of sport, really, whether it's swimming or, or say the gym, especially the gym, actually, you go back and you do that first gym session, and the DOMs the next day are incredible. Like when you think you, you sort of get to a point with with gym training where you don't feel the DOMs anymore. Like how how did that first week back for you feel? Was it really exhausting compared to normal? Um, yeah, I mean, I did like a few sessions in my time off, but nothing more than about three k and just nice easy swimming. Um, so last week was the first kind of structured week that I've done. Um, and to be honest, I felt all right in the pool. Uh, definitely, like you said, after the gym felt quite domsy. Um, but starting to kind of get over that a little bit now. So I'm not as sore this week. But um, in terms of the pool, the first session back, well, first couple of lengths back just felt completely bizarre, really. Um, kind of struggled with uh, catching the water and stuff. But then once you get into a rhythm, um, you start to kind of feel a bit more normal. And there's definitely, um, I've noticed that I'm not as fit as I was, but in other areas, I'm kind of more focused. So for me, there's no expectation this first kind of week or two, or even this first few months. It's just trying to get back in and get fit. Um, and it's quite nice to not have that expectation weighing on your shoulders um, and yeah, it, it's it's been quite refreshing to kind of come back and just enjoy it as well. Yeah, no, definitely. So obviously, I want to I want to talk about your break and and sort of get into all the context of that. But but just just listening to what you said about building back up has just made me think. You know, are you literally going back to the very basics of swimming and learning, just doing all sorts of like funny drills, just like you say, trying to get the catch and like has it been quite experimental? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I've had had breaks in the past, but never this long. Um, so it, the first few sessions are very much nice, easy swimming. We're starting to build it up a little bit more this week, but still not, nothing like anywhere near um, kind of main set or anything like that. Um, but for me, like one thing I really want to work on is just working on underwaters. So that's been kind of my personal aim um, over these sessions. And it's it's quite easy so it's easy it's easier to get those underwaters perfected at that this kind of intensity and then as we build through hopefully i can maintain those that that distance and uh that level of breath holding um so that's what i i'm particularly focusing on myself but there's areas around technique and stroke that um mel's kind of been giving me like reminders on and um mm. something that again will just work through as we get more add more intensity as well 
Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And the fact that you're you're coming back into it fresh again and the intensity has dropped. And, and as you said earlier, there's no expectation at the moment. So again, probably it all just the pressure doesn't seem that like it's there at the moment. Are you finding you've actually got a bit more maybe mental space to kind of tune into all of those things and, and work on specifics rather than thinking, I just need to nail 6K today? Yeah, absolutely. I think before I took my break, I was at a point whereby... I was so hyper-focused on swimming, I couldn't almost see the world around me um, and, and so many other factors that uh, for the ordinary person seems so simple, but when you're kind of in the zone um, and you've been kind of so focused on something for such a long time, it, it, you can't really take that step back and, and kind of think like, okay, Maybe if I did this, it'd be different. Or maybe I did this, it'd be different. It's almost like you always, you're always on the go. Yeah. Um, and I think like the fact that it's been a very busy, um, kind of two years since the Olympics, um, especially last summer, extremely busy. Took a break, but nothing kind of like I had now. Um, and it, it's it was just trying to like build on everything that I'd done. Um, there was some good parts last summer there was some not so good parts last summer um and it's just i was just chasing that improvement um but i feel like taking this break now has been the best thing that could have happened to me because it's allowed me to take a step back reevaluate kind of get things a little bit more um structured and and um what's the word kind of yeah structured away from the pool really um yeah which has helped me kind of get out of that bubble that is the swimming uh, kind of elite swimming world um, yeah. which is yeah. definitely needed as well greater perception of everything else that's going on mm, absolutely and yeah it, it's it's been really good to kind of like i said take that step back and just assess and i think i'm now in a better position to perform next year yeah. than i would have been had i just carried on um swimming uh, really yeah no I, I can imagine and and it's interesting because i've never experienced being a full-time swimmer before so um for, you know for me when i'm gonna go and train sort of maybe an hour before i'm i'm starting to think about the session and i'm i'm you know get get my bag ready and just all the simple things really but you're sort of mentally starting to switch onto it and then you go training and you, and you completely you're all in you're, you're totally consumed and then that drive home from the session as well you kind of like debriefing it in your mind a bit but for me I, I come home and then it's like okay time for bed and then i've got work tomorrow or i've got whatever else going on but i can actually imagine like, that feeling i have for a couple of hours you kind of have just have all the time right and and that must be quite intense yeah i mean you you tend to overthink things when you're in that kind of space as well um and you you kind of <laughs> massively like think like it's the be all and end all and it, it's really not like obviously swimming is a huge part of my life and um i enjoy it that's why i do it i, I like i love it yeah but if i don't perform it's not the end of the world um mm -hmm. and that's something that this breaks helped me realize um and like to kind of when i when i was going through that kind of that pinpointed like can't focus on anything else phase it was like this is all that matters mm -hmm. um like like i owe this to so many people i owe this to myself i owe this to whatever but now that like kind of 
and, and to be honest, like even the first few days after I didn't make the Worlds team this year, um, I, I was devastated, gutted, just didn't know what to do with myself. But having that time to step away, reevaluate, I'm definitely in a much better place now. And uh, I can kind of feel like I'm much more mature with regards to how I deal with it. And also realize that like, yes, people want me to do well, friends and family want me to do well. But at the end of the day, like, they're still going to care about me no matter what. Um, and yeah, you get comments about like, oh, he's not doing well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Like, and I think, again, taking a step back from that is, it, it's just, it's refreshing, very refreshing. Yeah. So uh, it was a personal choice, was it, to have a break? And what, and what I mean by that is, um, was it a complete and utter, I need a break? Or, or was there, or were there conversations with with Mel and with other people saying, do you know what, there's a bit of a gap in the schedule now. Might be a good time to go and have a break. Or was this you just saying, I want a break? It was definitely there's definitely discussions, but yeah. it was discussions that happened right after I, I didn't make the team. Like as soon as I finished my swim and I came third, and I realised because if I yeah. come second, I would have gone to Worlds, probably pushed through, mm. maybe would have got some kind of result at Worlds, but I still don't think I would have been in as good a position next year um and the, it was very much a, okay this is where we're at now um mm. take a few days to deal with it and then we're going to work out how we're going to come back from this and be better than uh, better than we were before um which like i said definitely i think is is has happened yeah i mean obviously you'd have loved to have gone to the worlds but you, but you're not going and you've just had a few months off and given everything that you've been able to experience and we'll get onto it all, all shortly, but given everything that you've been able to experience the last few months, are, are you kind of glad actually that you had, that, you know, you had that maybe instead of the worlds? I know that's a difficult question because you'd love to be at the worlds, but are you able to see it from that positive point of view? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the stuff I've been doing on my break, um, has, has just been fantastic. Um, <laughs> Like, I feel like I really made the most of it. At the start, I just didn't have a plan. I didn't know what to do. The way I described it was if I was to draw what was going on in my head, it'd be like a, grabbing a pencil and then just scribbling all <laughs> over the paper or like a, a big ball of yarn that's just been like kind of rolled up and it's all a mess. And then the first few weeks were kind of spent unraveling that. And then I got this plan in order and I started to feel like, oh, okay, yeah, this is actually... The way to go um but i think that just comes from like i said before being so hyper focused on one thing just like kind of broadening your um horizons a little bit and 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 kind of getting a bit more perspective um it's definitely definitely um very very so, so well it's, it's something that i think goes underappreciated in the sporting world just having that little bit of um outlet Definitely. I mean, broadening horizons and broadening your geography as well. So you yeah. uh, you went out to, to Africa, to Zambia. Uh, yeah. I saw your Instagram post and that's what that prompted me to, to get in touch with you. Looks like you had a fantastic couple of weeks there. Just talk to us about those few weeks and, and how, how did that even come about in the first place? So, um, yeah, it, it's a charity called Sport in Action um, that Mel has done a lot of work with in the past. She went out as a student and she's done a lot of fundraising for them. Um so at the start of this break, I had um, basically I had to get a, a minor surgery and, and then I was going to go home for a little bit. Um, and then at the end, she she was like, oh, 
if we can, can we, do you want to go out to Zambia? And I was like, yeah, because it's always something that I've wanted to do. Like there's been opportunities to do similar things through school, but I've never had, I've never had the opportunity because of commitments to swimming. Um, but yeah, she was like, okay, we'll, we'll try and get you out there. So um, this time every year, um, students from five or six universities go out um, and help with this charity. Um, and they help with the, uh, not to run the sessions in the community, local communities, but to help the coaches in the local communities develop and make the sessions more sustainable, trying to increase um, participation, particularly in girls um, and yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. It's an amazing charity. Um, and to go out there and, and kind of experience and help out um, was absolutely fantastic. It's something, like I said, I've always wanted to do, but I had the opportunity to do. Um, and it was, again, such a, a big kind of change of perspective. Um, mm. And it's something that I now feel like I can do work for in the future, whether that be through fundraising or going out again and doing something similar. Um, it, it, it was just an absolutely fantastic experience and the people I met and um, from, from Zambia and the volunteers um, were all absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, I, I I almost didn't want to come home at the end. It was it was so much fun. Yeah, and, and, I mean the photos themselves. You know, just a couple of photos look look really good. D did you find as well that um you know you talked a lot about the hyper focus that you've had in swimming and you know you're a professional swimmer, so you have to be serious. You have to take it seriously. But did you find actually hanging with the kids that were just playing sport for fun and there was just a a total joy and innocence with it? Did that kind of make you sit back and go? Oh yeah, like I've forgot, maybe forgotten how that how that felt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always said that I'm incredibly lucky to be where I am in terms of swimming because this started off as a hobby, and I now get to do it for my job. But again, when you're in that hyper focus phase, it is it, you kind of lose sight of that a little bit. And I kept telling myself it, but I'm not sure I really believed it. Um, mm. And kind of going out there and, and seeing that and. Um, yeah, like I said, working with the coaches and the and the uh, students made me kind of realise that I am again very lucky um, and kind of made me did so kind of um, allowed me to believe in that again. Really, yeah. No, that, I mean it sounds fantastic, and yeah, you, know, you talk about perception. It's uh, those kind of things always give you a great grounding, don't they? When you get to see a completely different environment and actually see what, what other people have, whether it's in a different country or in this country or whatever. Um, so that's fantastic. And I, I mean, you had a couple of months off, you were out there for a few weeks. You said you had some minor surgery to start with. What, what else were you doing in, in your time off to, to break? Were you able to just completely forget about swimming? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, um, yeah, had this surgery. So it was kind of 10 days, just rest, um, uh, in and around Loughborough and then went back home, um, up to Cumbria, um, obviously near, near the Lake District, um, just mm -hmm. lived just outside the Lake District. So uh, I kind of set myself a little challenge to um, climb the Wainwright. So that I think it's 214 fells in the Lake District. So I'm not, I got uh, about 20 of them done when I was at home, but I'll keep um, like scratching them off as I, as I go back. Um, so that was good. Like, again, that kind of helped me to settle into having uh, sorry, having this break, yeah, and um, like I kind of mentioned before, unwinding that that wall and just 
um, get a bit more headspace, um, but also help with a bit of routine. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. like when we're training, we've got a, a set routine that we, we do week in, week out. And to go from that to nothing is quite bizarre, really. Um, I'm sure a lot of people find that even with uh, kind of work and stuff. But it was nice to have a little bit of something to, to work towards, but have, sorry, but to not be focused on swimming. It was kind of like a, that nice balance of um, having a bit of downtime, but still maintaining some form of activity, really. Yeah, those fells that you talked about, did you run them or did you just walk them? No, I just walked them. I don't think, I don't think my ankles are built for running, let alone on fells. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. Fell running something that I actually really want to start doing. I've just moved to uh, to Derbyshire this year, and um, well, we're at, I say Derbyshire, we're actually in the Peak District. So, um, okay, yeah, we've kind of uh, we've we've climbed a few um, a few hills and mountains, but just just by foot. But it's something I'd, I'd like to give it a go on a weekend, maybe just do a little five k fell run. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got probably. a few friends that do it, but it sounds absolutely brutal. So it's, it's not for me. I'll I'll just walk. <laughs> For sure. Um, did you still dip your toes in the water at all over the few months, or was it a complete clean break? Um, so I, I was out of the water completely for about four, no, longer than that, probably about six, six to eight weeks. Um, right. Probably six weeks. And then I did one session at home with my old club, and then I think maybe three or four um, back down in Loughborough just before I, um, I left for Zambia. Yeah. But, and but- how, how did you feel when you were? When, when you're off, because one one thing that I feel, and listen, I'm I'm a master swimmer, I'm not a pro swimmer at all, but if ever I I have some time off, if I'm on holiday or, or whatever, and this doesn't, it's not just swimming, it's the gym, it's it's all that kind of routine that you kind of build yourself up throughout the year on, don't you? And then if you have some time away, you do have sometimes have those days where you think, oh god, I'm I'm falling behind, it's going to be tough when I get back, and you, just a little bit of anxiety can creep in. Have, did you feel any of that, or were you actually just quite glad of the quite glad of the break? Um, probably a little bit towards the start, and then once I settled in, I realised that this was probably the best thing for me. Um, it kind of went from feeling like I need to do something to okay, this is okay. To I'm definitely not ready to get back in yet, and then built up slowly to okay, this is probably a good time to do a little bit of training. Um, realizing that I wasn't, I hadn't lost loads of, I had obviously lost fitness, but it wasn't like I was dying in the water my first session back. So that kind of gave me a bit of confidence. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, gradually uh, a smooth transition back into training. We're still not a full training yet. Um, just, I think we're on seven sessions this week. We usually do 10. Um, yeah. So it's still, still plenty of time to go and plenty of time to build. But honestly, I think if we get going too early, it's just gonna it's just gonna tie me out again. So um it's this conversation having with Mel all the time about how I'm feeling yeah. and what we think we can do. And I feel like I'm mature I've been through enough and like old enough and mature enough now to kind of give constructive input into those conversations. Um I think in the past I've maybe shied away from that. But mm-hmm. um yeah, definitely it, the communication between me and Mel now is is quite quite good. Um, especially after this break as well. Um, I think I can give a little bit more insight in terms of what I need to do away from the pool or what I need to do from rest. Um, Because that was actually a big thing um, before I took the break, was just trying to find something that 
I can do away from the pool so that I, I, I am not, I'm not hyper-focused all the time. Yeah. And, and I'm not always in that bubble. Um, so yeah, that, kind of going out to Zambia and um, having this like affiliation with Sporting Action um, and potentially having something to, to plan and, and do in terms of fundraising in the future um, definitely kind of has filled that hole. But I think there's certainly other things as well we can, we can look towards. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from from quite a few points of view, it sounds like this this break is going to do you the world of good because it's, it's helped you think about the future, you know, after swimming. Hopefully that's a long time away. Um, <laughs> but even from the point of view, if you've never had a break like this before, you, you'd have never have known what it would have been like to have a break. Um, you know, maybe maybe you'd have had some fears around having too much time. But now you've done it, and you're getting back into it and maybe you've gone actually i mean so i know there was covid so we all we all kind of went through that but we kind of went through that together so it almost doesn't yeah. count uh, everyone was just kind of in the same same position um but actually you know moving on for the next you know five plus years in your career you'll you'll know you'll know the times now to just step away and just go do you mm. know what even if it's just weeks need a few weeks off and you'll be okay with that and i think that's that's really important yeah absolutely i think i think you've hit the nail on the head there really um and also, like, with regards to the COVID, like, the amount of time I had out of the water there is probably similar to what I've had out now. And then I had, and I'm getting in maybe a little bit later, but sort of similar time. And then I had a long, um, a long build up into Olympic year, and that's when I saw my best. So it's kind of reassuring to have done that in the past and then to be able to do it in the future as well. Mm, that's, that's that's a good point actually and um and hopefully the same thing happens here uh for sure that's that's what we'll all be hoping for you yeah. um, in, in in the years that you've kind of you know been a part of british swimming since you kind of went full-time as a pro have you noticed a general shift in attitude towards the idea of having a break because i get the impression the old school mentality was just relentlessness was just all about meters grind, grind but do you feel like the attitude has maybe changed over the years i mean it sounds like mel's a great advocate for it yeah, I mean, I think I think um, Mel's probably changed her attitude a little bit in the in the last few years as well. I mean, obviously she'll encourage us to get back in when we need to get back in, um, but certainly in my um, instance, she was definitely a big believer in having this time off right now, um, and it's something that I've never really done as a swimmer. I've always kind of trained right through. Um, and in hindsight, probably would have been a good idea to take a big break post Olympics, but mm -hmm. with ISL, um, it just never really crossed my mind. Um, yeah. but again, like these things all happen for a reason. Like I'm having my break now. I feel like I'm in a good place. And, um, I think hopefully I can feed that back into, to anyone who's, kind of going through the same thing that I I have been through um, in terms of like performance and stuff and just taking that step back a little bit. I think there's plenty of, uh, plenty of examples of this happening in the past um, with other swimmers. Um, so it's not like it's a, it's a brand new thing, um, but it's kind of nice to have that first-hand experience if anyone does need advice on it. Um, and I think Mel's obviously seen what it's done for me, the world, is, the world of good it's done for me and um, again, that's a lot of experience for her um, dealing with swimmers down the road as well. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely think it'll benefit yourself mm. and, and 
relevant. And probably, as you say, so many of the people around you, if they've seen that you've had a break and then, you know, fingers crossed you, you're going to be really successful over the next you know, couple of years or whatever, especially at Paris, people will be able to go, do you know what? Actually, he did it. I can do it. And I think, um, I think that's going to be a really, really important thing. So, so you are back now. Um, you know, we kind of touched earlier on about how, how it's felt in terms of the, some of the stuff you've been doing, you're easing your way back in, but do you, do you feel like you've had the break that you needed and are you sort of raring to go again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you'd asked me the same question before Zambia, I would have maybe said that I need a couple more weeks or a little bit more time, but, um, yeah. No, de- definitely. I think this this was perfect, really. Um, and to come back in now and have a slow build, I think I'm not ready to go straight back into um, like 6K sessions or anything like that. Um, I think I, I need to kind of be able to enjoy the summer um, and not be kind of exhausted by training. Um, but come September, I think we're ready to hit ground running. Um, and like I kind of mentioned before, just replicate that COVID year in the lead up to Olympics um, and just kind of appreciate, like I said before, appreciate the that this used to be a hobby and the enjoyment side of it um, a little bit more as well. Yeah, definitely. It, it's interesting because, you know, when you, you look kind of look around the, the world or the some of the best swimmers on, on the planet at the moment, you've got um, Kyle Chalmers is, is sort of doing a couple of days a week on a construction site. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't know these guys' personal stories, but um, you know, it sounds like he's kind of working a few days a week there. He says that's for his mental health to get him away from the pool, give him a different focus. We know that Caleb Dressel's had some time away. I mean, th- this is just a couple of examples, and then obviously you've done it as well. Did, why, why, from your perspective, what is it about swimming that is so relentless that kind of makes you think, Christ, I need to get away from this? I think just the fact that it's so repetitive, the training is so repetitive and quite grueling at times. Um, don't get me don't get me wrong. Like I, I love the training, but <laughs> when you're doing the same thing day in day out with nothing changing, I can understand why people want to get away from it. Myself included. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like I said, I, I need to find something to do away from the pool um, just to kind of get that that escape and, and keep that that um vision broader rather than like i mentioned before like focusing focusing in on just the swimming it's just having that perspective is so important mm. i mean I, I can relate to to the repetitive nature of it because I, i'm 30 now and i've i've had what four or five different jobs in my career so far and i've only been working eight years yeah. so you know every couple of years i'm like right time for a change whereas like, yeah. like you guys oh, well this is what i do right so you know whether that's for 10 years 15 years or whatever and i'm sort of talking to the point where i mean you're doing it for a lot longer than as an age grouper as well but you know from the point of say being 18 you know as sort of thinking right this is my job now yeah I was, I was actually having a conversation with mel this morning um just just briefly and she kind of mentioned that this olympic cycle is going to look so different to the last Olympic cycle. You almost have to forget everything you've done. Because um, I think for all of us that have been through it, like we're different people, we're older, a little bit more experienced. But with that, you've, like I kind of mentioned, you've done the same training for even longer. Mm. Um, so it's just trying to keep that motivation. I think that's the most important thing. Um, as long as the training's up to standard, it's great. But I think in order to do that, you do have to have that little outlet away from the pool. Yeah. Well, what's the biggest thing that you would say you've learnt from having time away? 
Um, I think it's it's my management of where I put my energy um, <laughs> in terms of like, not necessarily like, sorry, I say my energy, where I put my like kind of, um, what's the word? Just, just your sort of your overall focus and ambition. Focus, that's the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like away from the pool, I think it can be invested in other things. Um, and at the end of the day, the, the main thing that matters is to, to kind of be happy. Um, and not to say I wasn't happy away from the pool before, but um, I think just having that kind of structure and uh, um, and kind of those benefits away from the pool are are definitely something that I, I now feel like I have a bit more of an understanding about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then in terms of um, th- thinking about, I don't know if you've had these conversations yet with Mel or if you've even thought about this, but, you know, you talked about the repetitive nature of swimming and, and, and it is repetitive and it, it kind of has to be to an extent. But are there things that you would like to change now moving forward? Are you thinking, actually, I've got so many miles in the bank over all these years, I can afford to make some changes and, and it'd be beneficial? Um, yeah, potentially. Um, I haven't really thought too much about what the specifics of training look like. And in fact, there's a lot of things we did Olympic year that I would like to revisit. Um, but there are definitely things that I think can be improved. Um, and that's particular. that's more, not so much around the specifics of training, but the stuff around the edge. So mm-hmm. if that's like planning kind of more long weekends and mini breaks early, in, not early in the season, but like, get them booked in early in the season so you can t- kind of take a break and organize to do something away from the pool that weekend and um, that's a conversation we've, we've kind of had um briefly um see so yeah, mel was was well on board with that as well yeah so am i <laughs> sounds fantastic <laughs> going away for the weekend um so uh well f- final question before we go to uh to questions from the listeners actually was um again you've probably not mapped it all out um mentally as, as, as well as as literally but um obviously paris next year have you got is there anything else kind of coming up in the meantime that's peaking your focus or are you starting to think paris now you know you've got things kind of uh blocks along the way but is it kind of paris or is it not paris yet because those are the things um i th- i I think Paris is obviously obviously the main goal, but still got to get there first. And I think if you think yeah. too far ahead in the future, you can kind of get lost in it. Um, mm. And sometimes it can be a bit daunting, not really understanding how you're going to get from this point to this point. But yeah, um, it's it's kind of good to kind of have a bit of a plan and a structure of what training looks like and what competitions we might have. So, like I said, this is just a building phase. Get fit. Um, and then come September, probably knuckle down a little bit more, um, just start to kind of get even more fitness, um, a lot of aerobic needs under our belt, then potentially uh, meet short course meet just before Christmas, um, yeah. and then that second cycle building into the Olympic trials, and hopefully third cycle just kind of um, refining it and, and building again into into the Olympics. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic, and. Um... You know, I've come away feeling energized about the fact that you've had a great break and, um, you know, obviously lo- love watching you swim and love watching you do well. So 
I'm yeah. glad the break's gone well for you, and hopefully, you know, it's uh, it will pay dividends. Um, yeah, thank you. So I put a message. Uh, I put a message on the group on Facebook uh, to the listeners to say that you're coming on, and uh, if they've got any questions for you, to, to get them in. So I've I've tried to put them in in a sort of order of because um, there's a few questions around when you race in around pre-race. So I've tried to put them in a bit of an order. Um, so the first question uh, is, what is your race plan for the 200, and what's your self-talk throughout? Um, so for me, it's uh, it's all about staying quite calm in terms of um, in terms of pre race um, and just putting my like faith in in the training that I've done and controlling those nerves and kind of bigging myself up. That's like my ideal strategy for for racing and just trusting in the training. Um, some like it, but it's completely different for everyone. Um, some people like to mute, listen to music, get themselves as um, hyped up as possible. But for me, I need to be focused. I have a race plan, which is kind of just to build through the two hundred, yeah. um, start off at a good pace, and then finish strong. Um, but how I do that, I, the only way I'm going to be able to execute that is if I'm not in that super hyper state and go off the blocks really fast and then um, lose all my energy after the first 50. It's all about kind of, for me, all about um, just pacing it as perfectly as possible. And that depends on the event. It depends on the person. Like there's so many factors that come into it really. Mm. So when you're in the core room then, are you one of those people that just likes to, to be completely chilled? Um, do, do you like talking to other people or do you just want to get into a meditative state yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty easygoing, to be honest. I, I don't mind talking to other people, but I, I'm just as happy sat there, um, kind of chilling. As long as I, I know the basics of my plan, I feel confident that I can execute them in a way, uh, a way that is going to be beneficial, then, um, yeah, I, I know I'm onto a winner, really. Every, mm. I can't really control what everyone else does. just have to focus on myself. No, no, I absolutely completely agree with that. Um, and what is your self-talk throughout? Uh, so it was kind of joking um, with the lady who asked this question saying, like, we really hope actually what you do is you sing throughout uh, a race, but actually <laughs> are, you, are there certain things you're telling yourself through each length or are you literally just singing like a McFly song or something? <laughs> no, I, to be honest, I never really think about what goes on in my head when I'm racing. Um, it, I think it is just literally like, going through that plan and, and taking it one, not one, one length at a time. Um, and then obviously focusing around turns and stuff like that. So it is pretty boring, pretty dull, but it seems to be what works for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Um, do you count strokes on each length? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. So I, I know roughly more for my best performances. I know roughly what my stroke counts are. Um, so I think it's in and around 30 to 32, depending on first length and last length and how far I go off the walls and stuff like that. Um, but not always. Um, I think I have, I have done in the past. And to be honest, I think some of my best performances, I, I have counted my strokes, but um, yeah. I would say I do it every single time. You know what? It, it's an interesting thing because I've never counted strokes. More <laughs> from the point of view that I just, especially long course, if you're counting per length, a, I think I'd lose count, <laughs> and B, I think I'd just lose all my focus on what what I'm actually supposed to be doing. Yeah. I don't think I'd care more about stroke than actually swimming properly. So yeah. it's uh, it's not something 
before. I don't know. I don't know kind of what your. It sounds like you like to kind of clear the mind a little bit. Yeah, I think cavity strokes is good, but you have to be your default has to be like the best version of your stroke. So like you have to just practice like perfect technique, perfect technique throughout training um, until like that becomes, like I said, your default and, and you, you can just do that without thinking. And then that, once you do that, then counting strokes then becomes like the next step or like an added phase. If, if you want to really understand how much you're, how much distance per stroke you're getting, but also at the same time, if you have this stroke out in mind and then the first length, you're supposed to be doing 34 strokes and you're doing 38, then it's also not letting that kind of get in your head and and yeah. ruin your race, really. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, brilliant question here. Do, how do you swim backstroke in a straight line when you're swimming outdoors? Oh, that's such a difficult one. Um, for me, keep an eye on the lane rope, like, to the side. It's easier yeah. in some pools than others. Um I used to really like racing at Rome because they had railings over the pool, but they've recently taken them down. They took them down for Europeans last year. Um, at major competitions as well, sometimes they have like a, a camera um, wire that the camera just goes up and down. If you're lucky to be lucky enough to be in a middle lane, then sometimes you can follow that. But yeah, the default is always good. Look, keep one little uh, eye on the lane rope yeah, just yeah. in your peripheral. Um, that's 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 a good tactic. Um, this is quite a, quite a good question actually because you mentioned this is something you're now working on, and it's what what breathing drills do you do so that when you turn and you're on your face, you can hold your breath. Oh, what was that? Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, what breathing drills do you do to help you hold your breath when you're on your underwaters in a race? Um, so we do a lot of kind of um. 25s underwater we did some of them this morning a little bit of hypoxic work so um for example we did um uh this morning four 100s pull last 25 hypoxic and that might not always be um the full length but um just trying to like put yourself under a little bit of pressure um in terms of holding that breath but also like within a session say you're doing a 4k session in a short course pool what's that 40 what 160 lengths is that right mm, I think that. So. you've got 160 <laughs> opportunities to push off a wall like you can use that to to practice breath holding practice underwater fly kicks um it mm. doesn't necessarily have to be a, a specific drill um and as you get like kind of get into main sets then you you work on doing that under pressure and gradually it just becomes more and more um natural and then you'll be able to do it in a race yeah no that sounds good well, when you mentioned the hypoxic work on your last length on those hundreds in, in training it does uh, just uh, try and explain that does that mean that you stay underwater for as long as possible or does it mean when you're actually swimming you're holding your breath it varies um sometimes it is like push off the wall and go underwater sometimes it's swimming just three styles holding your breath um it kind of both have the same effect, I guess. Doing the underwater work is a little bit more specific, but holding your breath um, while swimming is is also going to be beneficial. Yeah, no, sounds good. Um, good question here. Do you have any aspirations on taking on the IM? Um, because apparently you are a very good IM swimmer, and, and might that include having a faster breaststroke leg? 
<laughs> so um, I used to do a little bit of IM when I was younger and then uh, didn't do it for a few years and then revisited it uh, ISL 2021 because um, they introduced a rule whereby you can get points at the 200. So if you're first to 200, you you get extra points. So I would just go out, batter, absolutely batter the fly in the back, get the points and then hold on for as long as I can. Um I do enjoy racing I am. It's something a bit different, but I just don't think my breaststroke's good enough to swim it competitively on a on a world or even national level. Um, but it, I don't know. It's something that I might do in season a little bit more, and if it looks like it's going to... Uh, if it's improving, then potentially, but it's definitely more focused around the backstroke for the next year at least. Um, maybe post-Olympics we can play around with a little bit of fly or, or maybe I am. But, um, yeah, I do enjoy swimming it though. Definitely nice to do something different. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, what sort of food do you eat in the build-up to a race? So just imagine maybe the week before or the three or four days before. So I, I guess the question really is, do you, do you load up or is there anything different or is it just very much the same? Fairly similar to what I normally um I would say. Like certainly in the in the hours leading up to a, a final. Um so after the heat, um get a, a, a hit of protein and carbohydrates straight after. Um whether that's like a shake or a um a bar or, or whatever. Um and then go back, have a big meal, quite carbohydrate rich, um, again with a little bit of protein. Um, and then before, about three hours before the final, I would have um, another carb hit, something like a um, a noodle pot or a bit more pasta or rice or something like that, um, basically. So a, a lot of carbs, but like not overdoing it, obviously, but enough to kind of make sure that you're ready and fueled um, and also recovered from what else, whatever else you might have been doing, whether that be training or um, or heats. Mm. just thinking in terms of um forget racing just in your normal kind of day-to-day life and your training what's your kind of go-to meal that you that you always enjoy uh so i like simple so i just go like chicken pasta uh fajitas stuff like that again just trying to get that protein in uh, yeah. for recovery and carbohydrates in the fuel um along with um a bit more added fruit and veg um mm. for, for day-to-day just to ensure that we're we're not getting ill yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, slightly somber question, but then we end with a great question. What, what's your biggest regret in swimming so far? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, actually. Um, I, I don't know if I have any regrets, to be honest. I, can say, I mean, you can't, you can't say nothing, yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely things I would have done differently had I known now. Uh, I know what I know now, but at the same time, like those those bad performances, those plateaus, whatever it might be, uh, I've I've learned a lot from them, so I know for the future. Um, so I don't I don't think I would necessarily change anything, go back and change anything. So I can't really say I've got any particular regrets. No, I I, I like that answer. I'm I'm glad that you don't because um, <laughs> I, I I think regrets can be can be silly sometimes. Um, <laughs> Last question. It's much more positive. What's, what's been your biggest achievement or the thing that you're most proud of um, from, from your swimming career so far? Um, the thing that always sticks with me is um, the 2019 World Championships um, and winning the um, the gold in the 4 by one medley relay. 
Um, I don't think it was my best performance by any means, but um, watching Duncan come back on that last uh, hundred mm. was absolutely phenomenal. Like to to be there and be part of that um, was something very special, um, and obviously like my first world championship um, gold medal. So um, yeah, that's something that will always um, stick with me. No, sounds fantastic. Um, well, that's it for questions. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, sounds like you've had a fantastic break, a much-needed break. And, um, yeah, you're feeling refreshed again, ready to go, and um, really excited to see you racing again. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you too. Cheers. Cheers.